I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast who are proud to be sponsored by the Insurance Practice. The team at the Insurance Practice specialise in family protection and life insurance. And who better to look after you and your loved ones than fellow Rangers fans? Listeners of The Gallant Few will get a free protection review, so get in touch with the team at www.theinsurancepractice.co.uk or contact The Gallant Few for more information. Hello listeners and welcome to the Gallant Few podcast, the weekly roundup of the 27th of December 2020. Hope you all had a lovely Christmas period, hope you're not still hungover, hope you can still listen to this and with a clear mind and we hope this brings you a bit of, bit of joy over the festive period. Um, my name is Graham Curry, I'll be hosting today's show and I'm joined today by Ian McCready. Hi Ian. And I'm also joined by Craig McAdam. Hi, Craig. Hi, Graham. Okay, so today's show, we're going to look back at two games. We're going to look back at the St Johnston game that Rangers won 3 0. And we'll also look back at the Hibs game, which we won 1 0. So, starting off with the St Johnston game, um, a 3 0 victory for us. Team lined up as McGregor, Taverney, Goldson, Holanda, Barisic. Aribo, Kamara, Davis, Hadji, Roof, and Kent. A good start in 11 there. Um, felt comfortable going into the game. And first 15 minutes, I felt, was a bit of a battle. A bit of a, a physical event for the first 15 minutes. And I think that was a clear tactic from St Johnston. They seemed to be, maybe don't want to label them hammer throws, but they just seemed to be coming in and... Um, and battling really, just trying to get in amongst us, get close to his kickers and uh, and try and disrupt us, not allow us to play with football. 
that continued probably 15, 20 minutes before we started to get our foot, foot in the ball and started to pass it about, uh, before Ruth opened the scoring on 24 minutes. Good goal, I thought. Kamara wins it in the middle of the park, sets up um, Hadji. Hadji has a shot from the edge of the box and Roof then comes in and he makes a nice wee run. I, I like the dart that he made. He, he darts across the, the defender to get in for the rebound and knocks it in to open the scoring. Uh, Ian, what was your thoughts on the initial 30 minutes of the game? Yeah, I thought we, like you say, St. Johnson did just try and disrupt us from, from being able to get into a rhythm. And, but I think once we finally got the goal, I think we really did settle down. And me and uh, Hodge have both said this about shooting for the edge of the box. And, you know, that's what happens when you've got a striker who's alert and following in. It, he's, he ends up with an easy finish because the keeper spilled it. And it's just because Hadji's had that shot for the edge of the box. So, Long may that continue with Hadji. I don't know, he had another couple. Um, he had one just wide, didn't he, as well? But yeah, I like that. I want to see that more. There's so many times when we see guys on the edge of the box where they just for maybe three or four yard space and they just don't shoot. But yeah, overall, I thought first half hour, we were in control. Never really quite got into our rhythm until we scored. And then kind of just took over once we did get that first goal. That approach that St Johnston took could have shook us. I thought Hadji was taking a hell of a beating. He was getting kicked up and down. Okay, I don't know if you, you picked up on it as well, but he just seemed to be bouncing up after every challenge and getting on with it. Aye, that's... Because Hadji is quite slight in frame, but he's, he's... I don't know what the word is. Scrappy, probably. He puts himself about for a wee guy and he does take a kicking and doesn't let it... A player like him, sort of a flair player, sometimes if you give him a kicking or two, then that's a game finished. But Hadji will get up and he'll go again. And he is one of the few players in the team that his first instincts when he's in the middle of the pitch is to get a shot away and go. Um, he doesn't mind hitting from distance, which is good to see because you never know. As, as we've seen against St. Johnson, if you get a decent shot away on target and people are alive in the box and you're left with a simple tap-in, which could, could happen in almost every game that you watch. Um, the amount of time somebody shoots from distance and the keeper will spill it a bit. You need to be switched on and in the box and it's an easy easy goal if you've got the people in the right place for it. Yeah, I, I, I don't know about Freo. I don't, know, I don't think he's a slight player because I thought, I thought he was quite strong in the challenge. He's able to hold off players and I think that's what frustrates the opposition because they end up they, they can't get to the ball so they end up just swiping his ankles or, or kicking him but I, I think he has got a wee bit of strength in there but similar to Ken you know he'll be the one that's getting kicked up and down the pitch but still just bounces up and you know kick me again I don't I don't care I'm going to get by you eventually and I'll get I'll get across into the box um, yeah quite impressed with Hadji's approach there um, in the first 30 minutes it wasn't long after before um, we doubled the lead Kamara Simple finish. I mean, Arable scores that goal for him. He just lays it on a plate, takes the ball in midfield, and it's a lovely weighted pass. Cuts out two centre-halves, plays it in between the two of them, and really, as I say, just lays it on a plate for Kamara for a, a simple finish. Something we need to see more of, isn't it, Craig, for Kamara? Something we have been saying that we need to see see more from him? Uh, that, that's a finish that Defoe would be proud of. Um, it's not a finish you expect to see from a guy who's barely in the opposition's box. He got his goal 
away to Benfica that he'd done well with and again that's another brilliant finish the other night so if he starts adding that to his game his value is going to soar I reckon he's already worth a fortune but the only criticism you've got of Kamara is at times he's maybe a bit one dimensional and just sort of focuses on the defensive side of the game and keeps the ball moving but if he's going to start making runs into the box which we have seen him do and he is definitely capable of it and he's, he does have a wee trick and a bit of skill to beat a man uh, so if he's going to add that to his game regularly, he's going to go for an awful lot of money. Yeah, that's a that's a good point to make because he does it for his international team. Um, that's something obviously that gets picked up on when the scouts are looking. So if if he does continue that and brings it into his club game, then we're only going to see the benefit and his his, his value will shoot up as you say. Yeah, so that took us into half time. Um, we went in two 0 We were comfortable there, Ian. We were happy with that. Going into the second half, yeah, I, th- I think we were, we were comfortable. We never really got, I would say, we never got much past third gear. If we even got into third gear, um, it is. It was one of the games when you look at it, like so, so many games in quick succession away to Perth. It's not an, an ideal. You wouldn't pick it. You know what I mean, like you'd be picking away to Hamilton, like they had. But to be two and up at half time, I was, I was more than happy. Yeah, no, I was I was happy myself. I thought we had it under control. I thought we had nothing really challenging us. There was no no threats that we had to worry about. So I, I was more than I could I could see it being a St Johnston team that was going to do anything, cut his own. The only problems I could see again is corners really corners into the boxes where I think we might be vulnerable, but it didn't um, it didn't materialise. It wasn't long after the break. Hadji made it three and totally wrapped it up for us, made it totally comfortable. If anyone did have any doubts, they were totally um, totally wiped away with Hadji's goal. Good breakaway, good counter-attack, and we get the ball up the park for Roof to have a powerful shot. Probably could have done better, the keeper, I thought. And that rebounds back out to Hadji, who's following up, and he strikes it with a lot of power. There's a lot of power behind that shot, but Keeper could have easily have saved that. I thought the keeper had a wee bit of a shocker there. Similar to Kamara, Craig. Great to see Hadji getting on the score sheet. Uh, you know, they're good for his confidence as well. Now he's getting a wee run of games and adding goals and assists. So it's really good for him to try and kick on from there now. Um, uh, keeper's probably looked a bit dodgy in that goal. But again, it's Hadji just getting a shot away and he's willing to do that. Because the amount of times that if you just take a chance, you will the keeper might make an arse of it or it might get a wee deflection. I could spell it out that if you're not having those shots, you're not going to get those goals. Um, I think at half-time half when you're 2-0 up, you're hoping that you make a good start and come out and get another one because 2-0 is always one of those score lines that the next goal is a big one. And when we get the third goal early on, early on that just pretty much kills it. Um, there's no way back for um, St. Johnson at that point, really. Yeah, you say there was no way back, and I totally agree there was no way back. But Stephen May did cause us a bit of problems, and um, I think on a previous pod I was criticising McGregor for his um, ability to handle crosses. He was certainly proving how good a shot stopper he was when Stephen May got in behind, curled a ball and a great shot um, curling into the back into the far post. And McGregor's outreached full full outreach and, and manages to tip it, tip it past the post. Um, so yeah, that's where McGregor's 
not having to do anything throughout that game, not got much to do, but he's still alert enough and, and on the ball to be able to keep us in the game. Or, or not keep us in the game, but keep that clean sheet going, which is so important to us. After that, we've got a, a shot from Morelos. Their keeper having another shocker again. Tries to clear it and it goes straight to Morelos. One on one with the keeper. Has he just got too much time in? What, what happened there? I, just, I, don't, I have no idea. You think that's it? He's finally going to score? He's, 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 if he gets a better opportunity than that, I'd be surprised. I don't know. He's, he's, a lot of the time he's just head down, smash it too much for me. I mean, head up and curl it yeah. rather than head down, smash it. Pick your spot beyond the goalkeeper. I think that's just his problem at times. He's just, like, he's no finesse or a lack of finesse. Um, I think for me, if that's Roof, Roof places it. He doesn't smash it. I'd probably say most people can't. It's kind of similar to Kent's uh, against Aberdeen, eh? like where he's, he's earning the keeper. <clears throat> Kent's, he's not just head down, smash it, he places it. Maybe he could do the, try and do the keeper with the eyes. But as I say, he's head down, smash it. Yeah. And uh, he just drags it wide. And I just think his confidence is absolutely gone in front of goal. Um, we've said he's playing okay in terms of his link play, but, you know, just in front of goal, he's just, it's just not happening for him at all. Yeah, it's such an odd one, and that's the one that you think that's the one to build your confidence. You know, you're one on one, build your confidence, put the ball in the net, and that's you. You'll, get, you'll start a run, you'll start, you'll get um, a wee run of goals after that. But as you say, it was head down, and you can see what he's trying to do. He is trying to put it in the bottom left corner, but yeah, so so odd and so frustrating because you're seeing him getting in goal going, Yes, finally, I've been handed on a plate to you. There you go, but. Yeah, it wasn't to be, but you can see from his face as well. He's frustrated as as all as all, as all we are. He's he's just as frustrated, but uh, not to be. And then we get a a cameo from O'Halloran. What a fud! What a fud of a boy that is. <laughs> what was he thinking? He's I, thinking I just, he, he wants Christmas Day off. I reckon. Is that it's the only explanation for it, Craig? It really is the only explanation for it. Is because he, he's not trying to prove a point, surely. What is it? He's is he trying to say, you know, I'm an about it or I, I'm up for the fight? It was just middle of the pitch. One one of them was in the middle of the pitch and he's in the Rangers half for Morelos, and then the other one's on the touchline. And that second one, I think, easily could have been a, a red card, a straight red card, never mind a yellow. It was just a horrible challenge. Uh, you seen Gerard getting off his nut as well, but. That's one of the players we're very glad to be shot of. Um, absolute fud of a boy. <laughs> so that wrapped that up. Um, that, that gave us a three points. As you said, Ian, it was one of the games that you wouldn't have chosen, but so happy to get three points, clean sheet, and that's just another one ticked off. Because that's what we're doing now. We're just trying to tick off these games. Tick them off, give us three points, give us three points, and we'll just keep making the progress that we need to make. And I'm sure we'll get there if we just keep doing this. Yeah, so that took us into the into the Hibs game then. So we're recording this on the 27th. Um, the game was yesterday. Went through the lineup for that. That was McGregor and goals. Tav, Goldson, Balligan, Barisic, 
Aribo, Davis, Kamara, Hadji, Roof and Kent. Again, good start to the game. Um, horrible conditions, really horrible conditions to be playing a game of football in. Don't know about you, but I kind of missed Ibrox yesterday. I know it was horrible conditions, but that was one of the games where I would have loved to have been in the pub, maybe meeting up with you guys before it or after it and making your way up to the stadium. Still probably with a wee bit of a buzz in me for Christmas, Christmas Day. It's one of the games that you actually enjoy going to Ibrox, isn't it? Aye, de- definitely, but at the same time, it's quite nice being in the house, nice and warm, watching it, because see a big boy doing a double shift out in the, the gantry, it looked absolutely fucking Baltic. <laughs> but no, definitely, it's, it's one you wish you were at. It's just that time of year, isn't it, when normally you'd probably have a couple of nights out, um, some of your work, some of your pals, and then it's Christmas Day, and then you look forward to getting into the pub and watch game and Boxing Day, so it's it's definitely something that we're missing out. But it was nice and warm in the house, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, there was pros and cons. <laughs> there definitely was pros and cons of being in a game yesterday. But yeah, it just it was one of the ones I missed. I really wanted to. It just struck me yesterday that I should have been at the game. But there you go. Yeah, in terms of the game itself, I think the conditions made played played its part because of the the windy conditions. It was. You know, the onset of a storm, the storm didn't hit till later on in the day, but it was still quite windy, rainy, and I think it made it a bit of a scrappy game. Um, but it was a scrappy game that we were willing to scrap for, for a better word. Ian, what's your thoughts on the game as a, as a whole? Yeah, it, it wasn't the best game of football I've ever watched, but as you say, like that fight's there this season, isn't it? That just dig in and get the job done. That's we've definitely developed that mentality this year and and I think that's how we're managing to grind out results like we did yesterday that, and then the Motherwell game that that just kind of keep going, never say die we want to win attitude um, I thought Hibs didn't really cause us too many problems Like McGregor's had one save but and it's kind of very similar to the, the St Johnson one you spoke about where he's had nothing to do all day and then he's produced a, a, a stunning save to to keep the game level, uh, to keep us in the lead, sorry. Yeah, and I, I never felt too threatened by Hibs yesterday. Like, I don't know, Boyle is a dangerous player, but I don't know if he's more dangerous out wide than through the middle. Mm-hmm. And because uh, with uh, Dodge being suspended, they've put him through the middle. So I, I don't know if maybe Dodge playing would have been a, would have given them a different kind of um, dynamic Well, they've got the big man they can fire the ball at. They didn't really have that. So I don't really think they caused us too many problems. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Well, they did cause a problem. I, I think Deutsch did play, though. Deutsch was... Uh... No, Deutsch, the striker. That's oh, Deutsch. sorry, aye. Not, not Deutsch, aye. I was going to say, cause it was Deutsch that put the, the cross in, and it was something I think we discussed a couple of pods ago, Ian, was... That is something that's cut that's causing his problems. That ball from wide, really wide, um, and that was the first chance of the game actually when uh, Boyle should have scored. I thought he got in at the back post, got in at six yard box, and probably should have scored. Um, but Craig, you get any concerns that you know? Do you share the concern that Ian and I spoke about a couple of weeks ago in terms of that these crosses into the box are? are going to become a problem. Aye, it's um, we've obviously been doing brilliant defensively this season, but the the few goals that we are conceding are all very similar goals. It's from one wing not stopping the cross and the ball's going in and not defending the back post and we're conceding from it. Um, so that that was almost another another example of it. Boyle, it, I wouldn't be too critical on him missing it. Well, I definitely wouldn't. I'm glad he missed it. But uh, the chance the ball sort of stretching away from him, it's not it's not exactly a sitter for him, but it's it is the same sort of opportunity that we have been giving away. You wonder that could just be Jack's not been playing. Um, he would normally give a bit more cover when somebody's breaking down the wing. So you wonder could it just be as simple as it's him not being there causes a bit of a difference? Um, but I. I as you said, it's just a case of winning games, taking it off, moving on to the next one. Um, Hibs, probably the third best team in the in the league. Um, Aberdeen might be able to grind out a wee bit more results in them, I think, but in terms of actually playing football, I'd say Hibs are a, a better side than Aberdeen. So it's a tough game when going up to Eastford Road in a, a few weeks. Um, so that will be a tough one as well. So it's definitely just a case of get the job done, get the points and move on to the next one. Just a few things with the conditions. Uh, we've played a lot of games recently. A couple of Jack missing out, that sort of thing. It'll all have wee impacts, but we're, we're showing that we can take all that on our, on our chin and keep moving and keep winning games. So, yeah, it was a tough game. Probably not the best, most entertaining game to watch. But uh, when he sort of clamped down and these, these balls coming into the ball, that seems to be our own, only sort of weakness at the moment. And the goal that actually got us to get the three points and wrapped it up for us was scored by Hadji. So that was after 30 minutes. Roofs crossed the ball into the box, found a bit of space, and the, the, the dart by Hadji just to across the centre half. He's, he's anticipating that ball coming in. He can see it coming in, and he gets just in front, and it's a left foot. It's not a scuff, but it's a, it's a nice finish just to put it into the faraway corner. 
it's wrong footed the keeper, I think. Um, and, and that scored the, the only goal of the game and wrapped it up for us. Um, like we were saying, Craig, more of this from Hadji. We've seen it in St Johnston. He's following up. He's getting his shots on target now. And we really just need to see more of it. When, when Hadji's playing, I think you need to accept there'll be spells of maybe 10 minutes when he's not involved. He'll, he, he does just sort of drift out the, the game. So as long as you've got the team set up to allow him to do that, it shouldn't be a major problem because then you'll get the moments of magic from him. Um, just a wee bit of movement or a wee drop in the shoulder, a wee bit of skill. Um, he's a talented player and he's still still young as well. He's only he's going to get, get better the more he plays and the more he matures. But I just uh, I thought it was a really good bit of movement from uh, Ruth just to pull off. I think it was Porteous. Just kind of before that he's even involved in the play, you see him just drift away from him. That gives him a wee five yards of space to get the ball under control and whip the ball across. And then, as you said, Hadji's made a, a good run. Just a, was it Hanlon, I think, he got in front of. Um, and in the end, it is a, a fairly simple finish, but it's, it's only simple because of the run that he's made to give himself that wee yard of space. And it's quite a simple wee tap in at the end. But as I say, it's, it's only that easy because he's because of the position he's managed to get himself in. So, as I say, he's a, he is a bit of a luxury player, but hopefully just the more the more game time he gets and the more his confidence builds, he will be more involved in the game and he's a match winner. Um, so it's it's definitely worth having in the team for me. Yeah, as a, as a key key thing you've said there, Craig, he's a match winner. He does pop up with his magical moments and that's what we needed. We needed something to break the deadlock in such a scrappy game like that you're going to need somebody to step forward and do something make something happen um, and Ruth Ruth's made that happen and Hadji's made that happen He's, they're the ones that have made the breakthrough and, and gave us that point um, not much more maybe a Goldson header I thought that was quite a powerful header like to see it keeper saved it straight to him but just another reminder of where these goals can come from. We've got the goals coming from all over the pitch now, and it was good to see um, Goldson do that. A couple of other free kicks. Um, Tav's free kick over the bar. Um, Barisic, I think, had won as well, which didn't really trouble the keeper. Into the second half, and it was really just more of the same. It was more of a, I think the conditions started to get a bit worse. A lot of wind, a lot of rain, not allowing us to play the football that we like to play. And it just became a, a battle, not quite in the same same way as we had. Was it in Poland that that game was, um, you know, a torrential flood? I think that was Poland that the game was in the UEFA Cup, but not quite in that level. But um, yeah, it was needing a, it was needing guys to roll their sleeves up and get stuck in. And I thought we all done that. I think we all, um, I think we all were up for the fight, bringing on Zungu. Again, another guy who I don't know about you, but you worry when you get a a, a a player coming in like that. Is he going to be up for the Scottish game? Is he going to be able to do it? But Ian, do you think he's one that is up for the fight? Definitely, I don't think he's shy a challenge, is he? No. Like, we've seen him getting he gets stuck in, he puts himself about. He's a, he's bigger than I thought as well. Like when you see him, it's more when you see him next to people that get a perspective of how big he actually is. He's, he's a really tall guy. Um, so I, he's definitely one that's... Uh, he'll get stuck in no matter what. Yeah, the, the only slight concern for me was Arfield going off for him. Eh? Arfield only came on about 10 minutes before that. 
if Jack's still out and no Arfield as well, it, it starts to thin the midfield out a bit again. Um, Have you heard but, anything about um, the Arfield's injury? I've not seen any you know, update on it and what the, the, the extent of the injury is, but no, yeah. you're right if we start. But we do have a lot of midfielders. We do. I think we've got enough there to cover, but I know you one more and then you're starting to it's starting to get thin in the thin in the ground, isn't it? The Arfield ones actually annoyed me a bit, especially hopefully he's fine and it's it's just a wee knock, but see if he's out for any length of time. It's the reason it happened was because I think did he stopped and put his hand up thinking ball going out of play rather than and playing to the whistle. And then I think I actually let the ball run through his legs as well. Um and then after that Hibbs had the ball and on the break, which is why he done the stupid foul that he done purely because he'd made a arson it in the first place. It's just something basic, and you think an experienced player like Arfield should know play to the whistle. Because uh, the only reason they made that foul is because he realised I've made an arse of this, I need to break up this bit of play here, and then he's ended up causing himself a bit of damage doing it. So hopefully it's um, nothing serious, because I'd imagine he'll be coming back into the team fairly soon. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Another thing I noticed about, I don't know if probably an odd observation to make, but the pitch was looking a bit bare right down the middle of the pitch. I don't know if that's going to have any, any impact in the 2nd of January game. I know it's obviously stormy conditions, but I hope the ground staff have got a bit of time to, to tidy that up. I guess all pitches are like this in January, but or December and January, but yeah, just something I noticed, something to, to maybe work out for. What about the Penalty shout by Hibs. I'll go with you, Ian, since you've dismissed that with a with a grunt and a laugh. Oh, I've not dismissed it. I just I think if you're like so was it, it was Scott Allen, it's on the thing, and then he's saying that's a penalty because his foot's high, but then what about the Tav one? Gogic definitely clips him. That's a penalty, but he said that wasn't a penalty. I think they're both penalties, and I think I don't know if you remember the Porteous challenge, maybe 80 minutes or something. Mm-hmm. So the ball gets kind of stuck under his leg. He doesn't actually win the ball cleanly. And he also takes Roof out. For me, that's a penalty. That's We spoke about this before, and I was like, at what point does it stop or does it start to be a kind of different period of play? But Porteous comes over the ball, so he's the ball's under his, like, under his hamstring, and his, his foot catches Roof. So, but it never showed you that again. But I thought that it's a high foot, and like I haven't said, anywhere else in the park, it's a free kick. I don't want a penalty if it's us. I wanted a penalty for the Tav one, and I wanted a penalty for the Roof one. So, for me, the ref had three penalty shouts and got them all wrong. Craig? I'm not sure. It's a strange one. Um, because it's stupid from Hadji. You, you shouldn't have your foot that high in a football pitch ever. Um, so if given they couldn't really have any complaints about it but what about Newell rolling around holding his face as if he's just been booted in the nose like that's is that not diving like there's been absolutely no contact if the penalty was given it's purely for the high foot it's not for him being kicked in the head here's a question Graham you're you're a refereeing expert could you give that penalty and book Newell for diving I don't think it's a penalty at all I don't think now I need to read up my rule book again, but I'm wondering if that's actually an indirect free kick. If you're if you're penalising it, it's not dangerous play. 
I might just be talking absolutely nonsense and I might get <laughs> sin-dyed at the referee's club, but he's not looking. Haji doesn't even know that that player's behind him. All he's totally focused on is the ball. He's trying to clear it. He's trying to get it up the pitch, overhead kick it and get it away. He's not trying to endanger an opponent, endanger an opponent. So I don't think it would be a penalty anyway, even if you do think it's a foul. I, on first, like in first watching it, I was, I was like, that's a penalty, definitely it's got to be. But then when I start to look at it and I start um, looking at the replays, I'm thinking, well, no, I don't think it is. I don't think you can give a penalty for that. And the fact that you both said it, it didn't touch him. So. And Craig, you're saying you can't put your your feet that high in a football pitch? Well, yeah, you can. I don't, I don't see why you can't put your, your foot that high in a, a football pitch. If the ball's up there, go and, go and kick it. But, um, yeah, I, I think what it proves, and Ian, you're right, the claims by Rangers for penalties are not replayed. They don't. They just get, they just get swept under the carpet. They don't. They don't look at them. They just no, nothing. But then if it's anything against Rangers, it's replay, replay, and then there's... And, and listen, I'm guilty myself, because I've raised it as a as a talking point here, as a as the Hibs penalty a penalty, so I'm probably just as guilty, but it is... Um, yeah, it's quite telling that that those ones are the ones that get focused in on. But, I noticed, um, serious on that, <laughs> when it went to Boyd in the doing his punditry um, that showed the replay of it a few times and eventually Boyd went you can keep showing it as much as you want it's still not going to be a penalty <laughs> yeah Boyd's coming into his own isn't he um, Hartson was beside him at one point and Hartson was saying that's it the, the pressure's all on Rangers now you know the Rangers are, are going to really feel the pressure and can they handle it being front runners and it was nonsense for what he was saying. It's like, how can you say things like this? It's just, it's just a bit of mind games, isn't it? Try and turn the turn the tables a wee bit and help his team out, but it's it's just a load of shit. That's, that's all it is, and pretty much anything Hartson says is a load of shit. But it's as if it's going to get taken seriously. It's as if everybody in the dressing room is going to be saying, "Do you see what John Hartson said to us at the weekend? We're going. Oh, we need to we need to watch ourselves. We're, we're definitely under pressure now. It's yeah." Nonsense. Anyway, that was a a good six points to wrap up the week. A good festive period. Could have seen any po- could have seen points getting dropped there, but grinding out results and that's a, a great six points. Um, keeping us at the top of the league at Christmas, getting into the new year. Um, get one game to go before we see out the new year, and that's um, on Wednesday night, and that's away to St Mirren. So a bit of an opportunity to. Bit of an opportunity to get some payback from the, the League Cup game um, last week or two weeks ago now. Any concerns with this game? Or do we think that we're going to just not take the game as lightly as we did two weeks ago? Craig, what's your thoughts on on, on Wednesday night? Um, I don't have I don't have concerns thinking, oh no, we're going here to drop points. Um, but we definitely... We could drop points if we're not at it. Um, I think St Mirren have they've only lost one in thirteen games or something like that. So they're they're flying. They're they are playing really well and the game they beat us in the cup, although we can be disappointed with ourselves, I said it on here that St Mirren did actually play quite well in spells of the game, so a bit of consideration needs to be given to that as well. Um but if we are at our best, they can't handle us. It's as simple as that. Um, if we go out with the right attitude, play as well as we can, we'll win the game and probably win it comfortably in the end. 
But if we if we give them a wee chance, if we let them in and get a goal and give them something to hold on to, it, it completely turns the um, the momentum of the game. So it's it's one of them. We we need to have the right attitude. We need to start a strong team, and we need to hopefully get an early goal. And unlike the cup game, we then need to kick on. I think that was part of a, the issue as well in the cup game. We got one 0 up, and we're thinking, right, that's us. We'll just cruise the rest of this game here. But then they came back into it, which seemed to catch us by surprise a bit. So I've I've got concerns that it will be a tough game and we could potentially drop points. But I think if we play our own game, we we should be winning. It. Ian, do you get any concerns? Do you share those concerns? No, I think what like when a team looks at Mirren comes and and beats us, it's generally a one-off thing, um, and it's it's because we've not performed well and they've performed really well, which I think was the case that night. Um, I do think we'll start a much stronger team. I think we'll see probably more of the, probably pretty much the team from the weekend again. I think we'll, we'll, we definitely won't be making as many changes going into this game this time. I think he may be seen the cup as, as more of an opportunity to do that, but I think he's, he's, he's taking the league a lot more seriously. So we, we definitely won't be seeing wholesale changes. I think it's been a bit of a wake-up call as well. That, that League Cup game and then the first 45 minutes of the Motherwell game was a bit of a, a, a wake-up call, a bit of a, a bit of a scare for us, I think. Um, and I, I think we'll, we've, we've reacted, well, we certainly have reacted to it, second half of the Motherwell game and then the two following games. We've shown that you know we're not going to let this hamper our season. We're going to continue to do what we had been doing. So I think it was just a blip. And... I think we should be okay. I, I don't have concerns for Wednesday night. I think if we do what we have been doing, it is just a, as Ian said, a bit of a, a one-off when teams do this to us, but um, I don't see us, see us dropping any points. Do we know about Jack? Is there any any opportunity for him to return? Does anybody know about that, or is that still a, a little bit longer? The last thing I heard was uh, McAllister saying that he should be okay for Boxing Day and then that's not happened. So the longer this goes on, I'm starting to get a bit of a concern that we're not quite been told the, the extent of the injury. Um, but hopefully we can get him back, at least for the Celtic game. Because um, even if it's only as a sub in the last 20 minutes, bringing him on just to tighten up a game could have a big, big impact on it. Uh, so hopefully Jack's back pretty soon. But we've not really... Any sort of press conference, they seem to be playing it down a bit. Um, and the longer that goes on, it concerns me a bit because we've seen it at the start of the season with Arebel. Um He was expected to oh, miss this game, we'll be back for the next one. And he ended up being out for a couple of months. Um, so hopefully it's nothing like that. Another big question is, would you bring Morelis back in, do you think? Oh, I don't know. Had, like, Hadji and Arebo have come in and, and done so well the last like game and a half. So I'd be tempted to kind of stick with them and, and leave Roof through the middle. It kind of depends on who Celtic are going to have at centre half. St. Man game first. I think I think the Celtic game has an impact on whether Morelos plays. I think if he's thinking of playing Morelos in the Celtic game, he probably will play. Um, I think if he's probably thinking of going roof through the middle, I don't think we will see Morelos. So I think probably maybe with one eye on the Celtic game and, and for Gerard. It will depend on how he wants to go with the Celtic game. I'd, I'd maybe stick with going Roof because just Morelos just is not at it at all in front of goal, whereas Roof's absolutely on fire. So, yeah, I'd keep the 
keep the form player in, in place at the moment. Um, nothing wrong with bringing him on as a as a sub to to be an impact sub, but I think keep keep your your striker who's scoring playing, and yeah, it's working well just now. It's been working well the last two games. Let's I, I wouldn't disrupt that. I would keep I would keep Roof there as well, um, and that falls onto the Celtic game as well. I would probably keep Roof. You know, depending on how he gets on Wednesday night, but I'd probably keep him again for for the Celtic game. Yeah, so that's the that's the look forward then to St Mirren before we look forward to the the Celtic game. Um, I think we'll probably be doing another podcast after the St Mirren game and before the Celtic game. So um, for the listeners out there, we'll probably have another podcast dropping for you after the St Mirren game. Guys, I know Colin as the absent host likes to do a what have you seen what's made you laugh so he calls it the best thing in the show I I, I disagree but okay let's let's go through the (laughs) what's made you laugh this week Craig anything you've seen on the social media Um, this this is now just my spin off segment when I give you a South African update because I just love (laughs) reading all the the comments from them (laughs) Um, before the St Johnson game uh, Zungu must have said to Hadji that he was expecting him to, to score because Hadji was on Instagram posting saying Zungu called it um, with a picture of him scoring his goal then I think Zungu replied to it as well then Rangers have picked it up and posted the, the screenshots on the Facebook page so we had a reply from Sunil in Shobin, a friend over in South Africa so his reply was admin I am not surprised. In my village, Zungu once called the rain, which ended a six-month drought. It was the greatest day of our lives. I remember it. It, it was the very same day in which my grandma gave birth to my father. <laughs> Ian, what's been tickling you this week? Mine, mine's I didn't see. It was from last weekend, but I didn't see it till later on. And it was uh, it was actually the Rangers account, and it was uh, we can see you deleting your halftime posts <laughs> <laughs> when we were getting beat by Motherwell. So yeah, I thought that was quite good for the club. Another one, another good one I seen was um, Kerrydale meltdown, who must just get mentioned every week on this. It was uh, the Celtic fan posted. At Nicholas Sturgeon, how come they've got fans at the game? What's going on? Just <laughs> <laughs> like I, Sky put that noise over it, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the Rangers Twitter's been great recently. They've been doing a really good job. Um, for some, I don't know why, but I don't usually follow like, the forums or the or Twitter during a game. I'm usually just watching the game and that's all I focus on. But that Motherwell game, for whatever reason, I was um, looking at the forums and you know, Roof is terrible. Roof is the uh, Roof is worse than Sibo, and it really was. It was um, uh, yeah, the, the forums were doing that, and then all the tweets came in at half time, and it was fantastic. But yeah, I think the Twitter Rangers Twitter is doing quite well at the moment. It's um, keeping the spirits high, guys. That's everything for today. Um, thanks very much, Ian, for coming on, taking time out your festive period to join us. You too, Craig. Thanks for taking the time out. Really enjoyed today's show and look forward to the Wednesday game now for St Mirren. We'll be back, the Gallant Few will be back just after the St Mirren game and we'll release a pod at that point. And we hope you as listeners are all having a great time over the festive period and have a great new year.
and speak to you soon. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. serves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.